For a Christian, there is one day of the year that stands out above the rest, a day that everything changed. Then three days later, it all changed again. A time when the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This season has been commemorated throughout church history, a season of remembrance, a season of drawing near, where believers of all kinds lay down something to the feet of Jesus and reflect on the total sacrifice he gave for us. In this season, we draw near to God because he first drew near to us. Join us as we celebrate the season of Lent. As you just heard, we kick off our brand new series on the subject of Lent, Draw Near to God. And I want to just take a little uh, informal poll. How many, uh, you know, as you were kind of raised up and, you know, through the years, uh, you were part of a spiritual tradition where you practiced Lent? That that was just kind of a major part. How many would raise your hand and say, you know, not so much. That's kind of a new idea. I haven't really been a part of that. Yeah, kind of all over the map. You know, I, I was raised in a tradition where Lent wasn't really, uh, you know, talked about. It wasn't really a, a big thing. And uh, in fact, if anything, it was kind of uh, seen as a, a empty ritual, empty traditionalism, you know, not something that, you know, really, uh, you know, in our particular persuasion of faith that we practiced a whole lot. But over the last 10 years and mostly the last five, I've become deeply appreciative of, of the importance of Lent. You know, Lent is really about drawing near to God. It's about preparing over these next 40 days for Easter and Resurrection Sunday. And I think this series, as much as I love the last series on lies we listen to and why it's so vitally important because we obsess over the wrong things half the time, I think this series right here on the subject of Lent, drawing near to God, can be the most revolutionary, powerful series over the course of this year if we really dive in with both feet and just simply say, Lord, I'm surrendering my soul. I'm surrendering my soul. It's the title of my message today, Soul Surrender. You are God. You are King. You are Lord. You are Savior. You are Master, and I want to follow you with all that is within me. Soul Surrender. The New Oxford Dictionary says that Lent is the period preceding Easter that the Christian church devotes to fasting, abstinence, penitence, and a commemoration of Christ's fasting in the wilderness. Another uh, definition is Lent is a 40-day season to repent over sin, lament over rebellion in our hearts, and anticipate the power of Christ's death and resurrection. Lent is first documented at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D., and really for you and me, I think it's just a powerful time for us over these next 40 days to focus on spiritual disciplines. In fact, the greatest Lent sermon ever preached to me is the sermon Jesus preached in Matthew 6, where he talked about the spiritual disciplines of giving, fasting, and prayer. And who of us doesn't need to grow in those three areas? How many of you say, I pray way too much? I just pray way too much. I got to stop praying so much. How many would say, that's me? How many would say, I fast way too much? Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness. I haven't eaten anything for 80 days. How many out there? Let me see your hand. How many say, I give way too much money away and time away and energy away? None of us. We all need to grow. We all need to become more like Jesus Christ. And really, the whole idea of these next 40 days is how can I draw near to God? How can I be closer to Jesus? One of our long, long, long time missionaries made a statement that I've never forgotten. And it's caused me to think a lot over the years. He said, you can be as close to Jesus as you want to be. Let that sink in a little bit. I like to put it this way. If you feel like there's a distance between you and God, guess who moved? Not him. 
He's near and dear and close and accessible and available. It's, it's me. It's you. We are the ones that drift. We're the ones that get preoccupied. We're the ones that get focused on other things. We're the ones that chase after this, that, and the other thing. Draw near to God. That's what we're focusing on over the next 40 days. Now, there are some key dates. Ash Wednesday is this particular Wednesday. This uh, Wednesday is really when Lent kings off, kicks off for the next 40 days, 46 days if you want to count the Sundays. But Ash uh, Wednesday, if you want to get dressed up in sackcloth and ashes, go for it. If you want to go out to the fire pit and get some charcoal and put a big cross on your forehead, hey, have at it. Uh, but I would hope, I would hope all of us on this Wednesday would do this. We would stop and we would close in with God and say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. God, forgive me for my indifference. Forgive me for my lack of love, for my lack of devotion, my prayerlessness. Forgive me. Every single one of us, even if we're on the journey with Christ, have a ways to go. Ash Wednesday, and then, of course, every Sunday will be a big day for us, and then we get to Passion Week, Palm Sunday. You know, the triumphal entry, uh, Monday, Thursday, the uh, the night of the Passover meal, Good Friday, of course, Crucifixion Day, and then, of course, Resurrection Sunday, Easter, the day we celebrate so much as a part of our faith, and we should. How can we leverage Lent? That's what I want you to think about right now. You know, how can we leverage Lent? How can we use it as a fulcrum, as a lever to lift our faith? How over the next 40 days can we prepare our heart for Easter and leverage Lent to really boost our faith in the areas we need to most? That's why we're taking these next 40 days to focus on this subject and really use it as an opportunity to dial deep and to, to dive deep in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some resources that uh, we're putting together that will really, really help you. If you go to the website, you'll see uh, all sorts of tools and resources there. Of course, the weekly Sunday sermons will focus on Lent. Uh, we have a 40-day prayer guide that's on there uh, for 40 days. There's a specific thing to pray about, not that you don't have other things to pray about, but you may not think about all of these areas that, uh, that we've shared. And, and so uh, put together a list of 40. Uh, there's a key uh, passage of Scripture to memorize. There's uh, study questions that, that go with the sermon uh, of the week that you can dive into, both with your small group and for your personal study. And uh, I'm going to do a daily devotion uh, on my Facebook, if we're not already friends, make sure you friend me uh, and uh, dial that in. I started today as we prepare our hearts for Wednesday and the beginning of Lent, so be a part of that. And, and, and it's just a quick uh, kind of shot in the arm that gets us thinking about uh, the subject at hand. Uh, you'll also see on our uh, church uh, uh, social media a variety of things, including messages and devotionals from our staff throughout the week. So it's really, really going to be great. And as Adam mentioned, we have a big, big lunch right after this service over in the activity center where we're gonna launch our, uh, our Lent group. So hope that you can be a part of that. Hope that you can really dive in with both, both feet. If we're not careful, these 40 days will come and go without us really focusing on what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. How can we go deeper and run farther with Jesus Christ? And I am personally very, very excited about it. I wanna encourage you to do five things and you'll see this on the website as well. I want to encourage you to do five things. Four of them are things to engage in, and one is an area of exclusion. And so you see them on the list, you know, grow. Um, 
I'm encouraging everybody to read through the, the Gospel of Matthew over the course of these 40 days as we prepare for Easter and the celebration of the resurrection. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to serve. You may already be serving. Awesome. You know, keep it up. You know, ask God to help you grow in that area. But if you're not serving on a regular weekly basis, I want to encourage you to just go to the website and go to the volunteer page and say, I want to get involved. I want to serve somewhere every week during Lent. Serve in the children's ministry. Drop by the Compassion Center. Uh, get involved every, every single week. Serve somewhere. Serve somehow. And then give. If you're already giving your tithe, that first 10%, awesome. Keep it up. If you're not really giving, I encourage you to try a tenth. You know, try it. You know, just for, just for these next six weeks, and then after that, forget about it. Um, only halfway facetious there, but, but try a tenth. And then go beyond that and, and, and practice almsgiving. The way I do almsgiving is I give to our Bethany Compassion Center. We were so, so convicted that Matthew 6 was for us, that we started an entire ministry and, de and developed uh, a building, downtown Everett, and, and uh, you know, are available to people seven days a week, literally, to, to do ministry to the poor and the outcast and, and the homeless and all that kind of thing. Give to the Compassion Center. During uh, these 40 days, we're also going to celebrate missions. You know, take on a missions pledge, support a missionary. If you can't do a lot, just do a little every single month. Give. And then give up. You know, give up. You know, we hear, you know, what am I going to give up for Lent? Uh, you know, I shared this in the early service, and then I bounced over to traditions at the very beginning. And a, a couple of gals caught me and said, you know, we've been talking about what we're going to give up for Lent, and we decided we're going to give up swearing. How many think that's a great thing to give up for Lent? In the tradition service where I didn't think anybody swore. They said, you know, every time we swear, we're going to give a dollar to the Compassion Center. I said, how about $2? I was really buying into this idea. One lady said, you don't know how much I swear. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what you're giving up for Lent, but I want to encourage you to think of things to, to give up. Um, yesterday was my uh, grandson Rowan's fourth birthday. Hello, four years old. And so I'm, uh, you know, texted my uh, son, had a funeral in the morning, and uh, got home, and I said, okay, here, I'm back home, you know, when can we FaceTime? And, and Reggie uh, sends back a message uh, that Rowan said, have them call Yater, that's with a Y, you know, not later, but Yater. He was busy playing with his birthday toys, so didn't have time for Grandpa, uh, Papa, or Grandma Sisa. So uh, we called Yater and finally got connected. You may have to say Yater to some things in your life. Maybe you need to set aside some social media for 40 days. I know, I know, I'm stepping on toes, hello. Uh, maybe you need to set aside some kinds of food or some other things that you need to fast and put to the side and say, yater, for a little while. Or I guess it's more like yater, yeah, it's a Y. Um, you know, what is it? What is your plan? What is your plan for Lent? I want to challenge you to maximize these next 40 days. Rowan uh, wanted to build some Legos the other day, and uh, it was kind of a tough one, so he had his dad help. And so his dad was opening the box and getting into it, and Rowan, all four years of him, said to his dad, Hey, Dad, take a moment and do your best. <laughs> He's a philosophical young fellow at age four. Well, that's my message to you. Take a moment. Think about Lent. 
Think about what we're going to talk about in a few moments about spiritual disciplines. And God, and ask God to help you grow. Ask God to help you grow. Now, one of the great scriptures in the Bible is Luke 9.23, where Jesus said, If anyone has come after me, he must deny himself daily, take up his cross, follow me. It's this whole idea of dying to self and living for Christ. And my challenge is, what is your plan to grow in that way? And as you shape your Lent plan, I want you to think of the example of Jesus. In Luke 2.52, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Notice he grew in four different ways. I like to think of him as the, uh, the, the RPMs of Jesus' growth. He revved up his spiritual life by growing relationally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Relationally, Jesus was always looking for people to help and minister to. Mentally, he was a student of Scripture and a student of people. Uh, physically, skip that one. Physically, how many know Jesus always got in his 10,000 steps? How many know what I'm talking about? There was no Uber back then. And that Mediterranean diet he was on, whoa, that was incredible. You know, he grew relationally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Over and over we see he was a man of prayer, a man of fasting, a man of consecration. As you develop your Lent plan, let the Lent website really, really guide you. But also, consider the example of Jesus. Where do you need to grow? I want you to think about spiritual disciplines for a moment as I kind of unpack and describe what, what I'm talking about there. And let me start by saying this. If you want to live the life Jesus lived, you need to practice the habits Jesus practiced. Let me say that again. Let's go ahead and jump to that next slide. If you want to live the life Jesus lived, you need to practice the habits Jesus practiced. If I want to be a growing disciple of Jesus, I need to be a growing practitioner of the life that Jesus lived. And he was devoted to prayer, and he was devoted to fasting, and he was devoted to service. And we could go on and on. I have been reading through the book of Colossians in my uh, personal devotions, and, and I came across this verse that you see on the screen that uh, I ne never really jumped out to me the way it did here recently. And you see in Colossians 2.5, Paul says, hey, I'm not present with you in body, but I am with you in spirit. But here's what I know. I am delighted to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is. And I looked at that and I said, you know, that is a powerful, powerful correlation right there. My discipline, spiritual disciplines, goes a long way in de de determining and defining how firm my faith is. If I don't pray, if I don't fast, if I don't read God's word, if I don't serve, if I don't give, you know, we go down the list, if I don't do any of those things that build spiritual muscle, you know, I'm certainly not going to have the faith that Jesus had, that Paul had, that Peter had. Spiritual disciplines, this is so, so, so important, at least it is for me. Spiritual disciplines bend my human nature toward the nature of Jesus. You see, left to my own devices, I am selfish, I'm egocentric, I'm narcissistic, I lack humility, I'm full of pride, all of those things. And don't look at me that way because you're the same way. Spiritual disciplines bend us, bend us toward the spirit 
of Jesus Christ. And if we don't practice them, we continue to go this way. But if we practice them, it bends, bends us in a direction that is more pleasing to the Lord. Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Disciplines, outlines the habits that you see on the screen. And uh, the spirit of, of disciplines talks about habits of engagement and habits of exclusion. And that's where I get those two ideas. You know, habits of engagement are things that we engage in. So over the next 40 days, which one or two of these would you like to engage in to a greater extent? Study, of course, has to do with Bible study and memorizing God's word and studying scripture. Worship, of course, is collective worship like we're appreciating here today. And then private worship at home. Celebrating is celebrating the goodness of God in all the areas of our life and being really attuned and focused in on that. Service is volunteering, serving, being a blessing to God's work and, and blessing other people, finding a way to volunteer and serve. Prayer, of course, is communicating, consecrating our life, beseeching God, asking for his help. Uh, fellowship is gathering with like-minded saints to grow in our faith, to get in a group and build each other up. Confession, the Bible talks about, of course, confessing our sins to the Lord, but also confessing our sin to trusted Christ disciples. Confess your sins one to another, the Bible says. People who have your back and want to provide some accountability and responsibility. And then submission. Now that is a swear word in our culture today. But submitting is saying, God, I submit my all to you and to spiritual authority. I submit to spiritual authority. And we live in a day and age where that is something that people really don't want to have anything to do with. Engagement. How about exclusion? Those top two, to me, are so important. If you were to ask me, Rob, what is key for you in this area of spiritual discipline and growing as a disciple and, and how you go about it, I would say among all of them for sure, but solitude and silence are so important. The early morning hours for me are where I can get alone and talk to God and read and study and meditate and listen and think. Without that, life would be a cluttered mess. How about you? You know, life is so noisy, we don't have any silence. And it's harder for some than others to do that, I understand. If you're a young mom with little kids, I guess good luck on that, right? But... Uh, uh, how can we find silence? How can we find solitude? Jesus himself went away all by himself to pray. Silence, solitude, fasting, you know, setting aside food and other things for the purpose of feasting on God and focusing on God. How about frugality? If I were uh, writing the book that Foster wrote, I would have attached, you know, generosity and giving next to that. How do I cease to be materialistic? Hello? How many of us are materialistic driven, all of us, but when we practice frugality, we set that aside, and I think giving and generosity goes with that. Instead of spending money on ourselves all the time, we give it to God, to God's word, to people in need, to folks that are homeless and, and helpless. Frugality, chastity, secrecy. Matthew 6 talks about secrecy. When I pray, I don't do it for the attention of people. When I give, I don't do it for the attention of people. When I fast, I don't do it for the attention of people. I live for an audience of one, amen? An audience of one. His name is Jesus. And then sacrifice. What can I sacrifice to serve others? We're gonna talk about that a little bit next week. We're gonna talk a little bit about that during missions week. How can I sacrifice so that people around the world can hear about Jesus? What jumps out to you? What resonates with you? 
about spiritual gifts of engagement, spiritual gifts of exclusion. You know, we had uh, the slide up a minute ago about these books. You might want to read one or two of these. Richard Foster's the one in the middle, and this is the book. Let's go to that next slide. This is the book that I had our pace setters read a couple of months ago in preparation for Lent, Celebration Discipline. I would start with that one if you haven't already read it. If you have, go on to The Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. A little more academic, but awesome. And then The Life You Always Wanted, John Ortberg. All of those are uh, great, great uh, works on the subject of, of spiritual disciplines as we seek to grow in our discipleship. Do you feel satisfied in where you are in your faith? Do you feel status quo is okay? May I challenge you over these next 40 days to not stay stuck where you are, but say, Lord, I want to grow. I want to celebrate these next 40 days. I'm going to use Lent as a leverage, a lever to lift my faith and grow me and challenge me to be the person you want me to be. Think about it. Pray about it. A great scripture uh, for me on this is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. And it says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Over and over and over again, Paul uses the imagery of uh, athleticism and the Isthmus Games, kind of uh, similar to our Olympic Games. And he talks about these incredible world-class athletes who go through strict training. How many people do you know that have stood on the top part of the podium and received the gold medal that never practiced, never exercised, ate garbage? Zero. And Paul says, we as followers of Jesus need to at least be as devoted as they are because what we're doing is of eternal value. And I want to challenge you today, as I will in the weeks to come, that there is a lost and dying world that's depending on us sharing a clear message of who Jesus is. They're looking to us to understand what does it mean to live, love, and lead like Jesus. And if we don't get that dialed in, how do we expect them to? People in your family, your neighbors, your work associates. We need to be as devoted to discipleship as world-class athletes are devoted to their craft, just as an illustration. I was really struck uh, by this whole idea when I was reading about the, dis the, uh, the recovery efforts, discovery, really, but recovery efforts in Turkey and Syria. You, like me, have read and seen pictures of people being recovered from the rubble day after day after day. It's amazing babies and elderly and people in between and I uh, just kind of broke down the other day when I saw a dad and and his daughter reunited they both been recovered from the rubble you saw this and then they were reunited and uh, little brother and mom had perished but the two of them just started bursting out in tears as they were reunited after a quick run to the hospital after 228 days a 77 year old lady was rescued uh, hours excuse me after 212 hours, another 77-year-old, 222 hours, 45-year-old, 205 hours, 35-year-old, 
And it's all in the freezing cold on top of all the rubble. I think I saw on the news today, 255 hours somebody was recently rescued. Resiliency, determination, no quit, persevere. We're gonna keep at it, we're gonna keep at it. That's the mindset, friends, we need to have as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I wanna encourage you to leverage Lent as a 40-day, 46-day season to ramp up your resiliency in Jesus Christ. There's a foundational scripture that I want to be really at the core of what we do over the course of these next 40 days plus Sundays. And you see it right there in James 4, 7 through 10. There's a powerfully potent, potent scripture. And you'll notice the words that are underlined are 10 action verbs. In the Greek, they are imperatives. The Lord is telling us through James, get into it, be all about it, do these 10. Now, don't wait, don't tarry, don't put it off. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near, draw near to God and he will come near to you. Really the foundation of our entire 40-day study. Wash your hands. Notice these words that really describe repentance and purity and holiness and godliness. Purify, grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Incredible action words. Powerful. Submit, resist, come near, wash, purify, grieve, mourn, wail, change, humble. I've combined these into really five personal prayer outcomes that I have for me, for my family, for our church, which means you, and, and, and others beside that we will really kind of boil these down to five things. At the end of these 40 days, my prayer is that we will see great, great movement forward in all five of these. That we will submit to God. That whole idea of, uh, of submitting to God is, is more than, than obedience. It's really the first part that leads to obedience. It's, it's, it's surrendering our will to the Lord. It's saying, Lord, your will be done in my life. And that leads to obedience. Submit to God. Decide in your heart of hearts that Jesus Christ is foremost. He is the prime priority of your life. And then resist the devil. We just came through a series on lies we listen to. And, and so often the devil is confusing us and we're listening and falling you know, prey to his schemes. We need to resist the devil. And what does the Bible say? He will flee. We do not have to be sunk or punched by the devil. How many understand that? We all do. We need to resist the devil. Where are we allowing Satan to stir up bad things in our life, in our relationships, in our thinking? And then we need to come near to God. Submit to God, come near to God. And that's through spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and giving and serving and silence and solitude and frugality and all those things. Then repent and turn from sin. What is that hidden sin in your life that you cherish? What is that sin in your life that you keep making excuses for? What is that secret sin in your life that you don't think anybody knows about? Jesus does. And Jesus sees. And it costs us gravely. He says, humble yourself. Really, the whole tent of humility is where all of this kind of fits under where we say, Lord, I need you. 
I believe in you. I honor you. I want my life to glorify you. Five prayers. Let's come back to where we started. I said at the very beginning that the greatest Lent sermon ever preached was Jesus' sermon in Matthew 6 where he talked about giving, praying, and fasting. And we're going to come back to these three in weeks to come and kind of focus on one or two at a time and work through these, you know, next, uh, the following five weeks and before we know it, it'll be Easter Sunday. But, but Jesus challenges us with these three disciplines, but there are others as well. And our goal isn't to look at all of them, but it's really to raise the question. If I want to live the life Jesus lived, and as disciples and followers of Jesus, that's our goal, that I'm going to have to practice the things Jesus practiced. Nobody drifts into discipleship. Nobody floats into discipline. Nobody drifts into Christ-likeness. We need to be deliberate. We need to be determined. We need to be focused. We need to be disciplined. I've seen, Paul says, your discipline and how firm your faith is. So what is your plan? As we kind of wrap things up here today, what is your plan? I'm going to encourage you to follow the BCA Lent plan as a, as a way to encourage you along. Uh, maybe as a springboard, and there'll be other things that'll come to your mind. Follow that. Go right to the website. You'll see it there. And then kind of use as a, as a filter the example of Jesus who grew relationally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Relationally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Over these next 40 days, God, may I grow in my hurt for others and find ways to help. May I grow physically and take better care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. May I find ways to grow mentally, study and read and memorize scripture. May I grow spiritually, prayer, fasting, sharing with other people. I see how disciplined you are, Paul said, and how firm your faith is. So who's with me? Let's firm up our faith over these next 40 days, amen? Who's with me? Who's with me? There we go. There we go. There we go. And we do it for Lord. We do it for Jesus. We want to draw near to him. We can be as close to him as we want to be. Yes, we can. I believe that. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. In the chapel, online, here in the main worship center, I want us to stand to our feet and I want us to pray a prayer of consecration and dedication to Jesus Christ. I want you just to pray after me, just in your own words, in your own way. Jesus, I dedicate these next 40 days to you. 46, including the Sundays, God, I just set them apart as a time. I want to do some real spiritual soul searching, soul surrender. I want to grow in discipleship. I want to become the person you want me to be. I want to become a devoted follower of Jesus Christ more than ever before. I want to bend my human nature to the nature of Christ by practicing these disciplines, giving, prayer, fasting, and so forth. I want to engage in some things, but I also want to exclude a few things. God, there's some things I want to give up for Lent. Would you make this a prayer? Lord, later today, I'm going to spend some time 
in silence and solitude, and I'm going to think through my plan for Lent. I'm going to study the website. I'm going to journal a little bit. I'm going to lay out a plan. I'm going to be thoughtful, reflective, spiritual, determined. Like a world-class athlete, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to take this on from Ash Wednesday, this Wednesday, all the way through Resurrection Sunday. Lord, I pray you will help us all grow over these next 40-some days. I pray, God, that we will grow in discipleship, we will grow in devotion, we will consecrate every area of our life to you. May Jesus Christ be supreme in all areas of our life. May we give up resentment, may we give up hatred, may we give up guile, may we give up sin, may we give up deceit, may we give up all sorts of things, and may we engage in those things that can help us grow. Pray your blessing for each and every one. And I pray during this season, Lord, there'll be those that will commit or recommit their life to Jesus. People that have never made a commitment, Lord, I commit my all to you. Friend, if that's you here today, I encourage you to commit your life to Jesus right now. Not just for these next 40 days, but just for every day. I, I commit my all to you. Or maybe you've known the Lord and you've kind of drifted. Recommit your life to Christ here today. And if you do, tell me about it on that connection card. It's right there online. It's in the chapel. It's right here in the main service. Today, I want to really grow. I want to commit my all to Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. Before we dismiss, I want to invite our prayer team to come forward in the chapel and online. Our host pastors will lead the closing of the service. But I want to invite our prayer team to come forward. And if you are here and you have a, a special need or if you'd like to stand in, for someone in prayer. I invite you to come. 